every time I get asked about my thoughts on culinary school, I usually get in trouble. The reason for it is I've got some pretty strong opinions. Um, now, you're about to hear all those. With that being said, and for those that don't listen all the way through or have that opportunity, um, there is a lot of good that can come from a culinary program. But please, if you're looking into finding one, do plenty of research, go to the place, uh, talk to the chefs, the instructors, talk to the people coming out of it, um, and, and why they got what they got out of it. Um, if you're Dallas, in the Dallas area, there are several programs you can look into. Um, um, El Centro, which has got a fantastic program. Uh, Patrick Stark, who is on our show, is a chef instructor there. Um, and it's put out a lot of quality talent in the Dallas area. Then you've got uh, the Art Institute, um, which is kind of be hit and miss, right? I'm sure each one's going to be a little bit different, but definitely look into that. Um, and then Cullen College here in Dallas has a program that's in McKinney and I believe it's in the Frisco area as well that has like a bacon and pastry program. So the community colleges are really going to be a great entry level uh, place to get going um, and to make sure that that's something you really want to grow with. Um, there's people I know that have gone through El Centro and in Dallas loved it, grew with it, and then ended up at the CIA in New York and then came out super strong because they really found that love. Don't apply to a program or get into something that's going to be crazy expensive and crazy intense if you're not ready for it. It's just not going to be worth it for anybody. Um, and you're just going to have a lot of debt and a lot of regret. So what other questions you got for me? What else, what else do you not know about me that other people should or you think should? Knowing what you know now, like this far into your career, the pros and cons of um, culinary school. Uh, it's a can of worms. Because <laughs> it sounds like you had a blast, but I mean. Yeah, so. Quite some time ago. And, you know, a lot of people a lot of young cooks are still battling with it because it's kind of like the same thing with college. It's like a lot of people don't want to go to college anymore because it feels like a fucking scam. Well, and that's the hard part to it. You know, I, I think you kind of hit the head on the hit the nail on the head when you say scam. And what I experienced with the California Culinary Academy in San Francisco was very unique. It was a one-off school and it was, it was fantastic. Um, the, the entire experience was great. Now there was a lot of people too that failed out, dropped out that just didn't make the cut. Right. My class started as a little over 20. I think it was like 22 of us that started and the original group that graduated, we were down to like, I think nine. And then how many of those are still cooking today, you know, or in the industry, so to speak. I mean, I could say there's probably two. And I would include myself in that. So um, 
and then, but as I was graduating or as I was finishing up my last class, they came in and they said, Hey, we're just letting you guys know um, that we were just purchased by Le Cordon Bleu. We're going to, you know, you're still good where you're at. This is not going to impact you in any way, but we're just letting you know. So you hear it from us, not somewhere else down the road. And we're like, okay. Because it, to me at that time, Le Cordon Bleu was a school that was based in Paris. It still is, right? They've got locations. It's like Paris, London, and then somewhere in Canada, right? And that is like the legit. It's like the CIA of Paris kind of thing. Um, and don't fact check that, by the way. I could be dead ass wrong. Um, and, and so that's why I was like, okay. Well, it turns out all these like quarter and blue programs were scams. Um, and I don't want to say scams. There was potential to get a lot of knowledge, but it was going to cost you a lot of money. And they, the reason they're all gone now, and a lot of those pop-up culinary schools are gone um, because they just started popping up and it was, they were just riding the coattails of like the food network. And Hey, I want to be a chef. You want to be a chef? Come on. It's okay. Hey, your check cleared. Here's your diploma. Um, I mean, and so, and, and it sucks because so many people are coming out of these programs with very little knowledge. I mean, not really any hireable knowledge on, on where they're at. And then, but now they've got a lot of debt. Um, and it's like, but they're still making 10 bucks an hour, um, you know, and, but they need, so I think the government went through and signed something and it said that they would not fund any student loans where a job, when you come out of, when your final degree, when you get your degree, if you do not fit the certain criteria, right? If you don't come out of it and you're not making X amount versus what you owe, right? Then there's we're not funding it. Um, and so that's it went away because they automatically all the quarter blue, all their um, funding, not funding, but all the students going there that were going to get um, federal loans and stuff like that were no longer eligible. So uh, they just went away because they wanted too much money because it was much more of a business model. Like how many people can we fucking feed through this thing? And I actually interviewed with them one time uh, to with, be a chef instructor with them. And I was even posed with the question, how do you feel about passing someone that you don't feel should be you know, ready to move on to the next class kind of thing. And I, I mean, I instantly knew the question. I was just like, Mike, man, how do you answer this? You know, Mike ethically, I mean, no, they shouldn't pass, but I understand what you're asking. Um, so, but there are good colony programs out there, right? There are very few of them left. Um, 
And I think before anyone really just says, I'm going to get into culinary school, the first thing they need to do is go to a restaurant, work in a restaurant, and not just any restaurant, like pick it out, which ones are, I don't want to say cutting edge, but more aggressive in your market, right? Um, And doing things that maybe the general public doesn't necessarily agree with, um, because that could be a good thing, right? Because it's just not widely accepted yet. Um, you know, and find a chef and, and work for them. And if you find that you're enjoying it and you really, really enjoy it and it's kind of, it hits something inside of you just differently, right? Um, and you just don't know why you love it um, because we've all been there where it's just after the end of that, a great shift, right? Where you everything's just, we nailed everything. Right. It was just like, dude, that was perfect. You're exhausted. You're beat up. You're burned. You might have a cut that's been super glued and then duct taped together. Right. But you feel good and you don't know why. Right. And so if you can feel that and you really, really want to grow and you, you feel like you want to be able to reach out. Um, and, and you're willing to travel, then go to culinary school, travel, go to culinary school and keep traveling, um, and grow. Um, because at that point it's never stopped learning is culinary school really is nothing more than a foundational program, right? They're going to learn a lot of theories. You're going to learn a lot of science. Um, you're going to learn a lot of the, some history and, you know, some practical stuff, um, but you really, the culinary school helps you understand food and it, in a short period of time, just exposes you to a massive amount of cuisines and cultures and, and different things. So like I said, it can be a very good thing for the right people. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. Do you have to go to culinary school? No, not at all. Uh, there's plenty of people out there that never did that are excelling and doing fantastic. So it's culinary school doesn't, isn't going to magically make you a chef either. Like it, it's going to help feed that hunger, right? Um, it, will it help you maybe have uh, a foothold over somebody else? Possibly, possibly, but that's only if you allow that. And that's only if you allow that, if that other person isn't as aggressive, because, I mean, you can easily go through, read the books that you're reading, and, like, study. Because even after school, in culinary school, um, when even as an exec at a restaurant, right, when I was the youngest and before I had marriage and girlfriends or any of that stuff, I mean, I didn't even have friends. Because after school, I would then, after school, after work, I would go home, open a bottle of wine, and, and, and I'd start reading books. I didn't have, I had a TV, but I would just actually turn that on just to do some gaming and shit like that. But, um, even then, then less and less. And I just, it was a yellow notebook and a book and I'd read and I'd write down thoughts. And I just had these notebooks everywhere, this field where I would just see something and it would trigger something. And then it was that, what if, what if I applied this to here? And, and it would just all snowball. 
But because I, I did that, now all of a sudden, like, I would, man, the chance of me actually taking that into the restaurant, too, and applying it somehow. Um, well, I mean, I did, right? Um, but actually making that dish was pretty low, too, um, because it was all just idea generation. But at that point, it's your mind is that muscle, right? And it's the creativity is a muscle. Um, so you always have to be working it out. And, and so that's for me, I was constantly reading and trying new things and exploring new things. Um, and that was my life. I did not go outside of work. Um, I didn't go hang out with anybody. I mean, when I moved to Dallas, um, as an exec, I didn't know anybody here outside of the restaurant. I didn't know a single damn person. So that's all I did. And, um, but that's how I grew and that's how I learned. Um, but I, even then before I was doing that, I, that's what I did. Um, and it cost me relationships and honestly, that's fine. I'm not crying over them. Um, I made the right decision for me at that time. You know, you've got to dedicate yourself and if you can't dedicate yourself to it, then it doesn't matter if you go to school or if you've got a great chef that you're working for. I mean, it, you have to go home and then be willing to dive into it. Yeah. It definitely becomes like a, I think we've talked about this before or maybe on one of the other podcasts. It's so consuming. Like it yeah. really consumes you like latch onto it. It just becomes a part of who you are. Um, do you think you have to have like some kind of like a, I don't know, like almost like an OCD personality to be a chef? Kind of. <laughs> um, because, I mean, I know what you're saying. I don't know if OCD is necessarily the right word, but you've got to be maybe more of an introvert that is borderline psychotic relationship with passion. Well, that works too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because you've got to be so in love with what you do. And I mean, I think that's where is, I, I grew fast in my industry, in my industry in, in cooking, right? Um, every, every restaurant I ended up in or, or worked in, I was never a line cook for a very long period of time before I was moved into something else, right? More areas of responsibility. Um, and there's reasons for that. One, I pushed for it. I didn't, I didn't wait until I was there. Right. I didn't sit there and say, Hey, I want to be a sous chef. I just started doing it. Um, I would go in early. I would like just not just to get prep done, but I go to chef. I'm like, Hey, you need anything. And I wasn't clocking in yet. Cause I knew when I was clocking in when I wasn't, um, you know, but it, that's how you learn. Right. And it's, Hey, what can I help you with today? And, um, and so I was just a level of hungry that, that a lot of people don't necessarily have. Um, some do. And I luckily, I was in that time and a place in my life where I had nothing else to do but devote myself to it. You know, I allowed myself to be consumed by it, but I fucking loved every minute of it. You know, like how I mentioned, like the wine. I'd go home, get a bottle of wine, and I would go through cookbooks. I never bought the same bottle of wine. Same thing. It's like, you know, and as I was drinking the wine, I'm like, what would I do with this? 
How does it taste? Like, you know, and I'm always thinking about it. And people always ask like, well, how do you learn wine? I don't know what's good. I don't know what's not. It's almost like food. Well, there is no right or wrong. What's good is what you like and what's bad is what you don't like. Um, you know, but being able to learn and, and create taste memory, right, I think is hugely important. Um, developing taste memory means you've gone through and you've tasted food at its core, you know, completely unadulterated state, so to speak. And you've actually thought about what this tastes like. Right. Um, and, and just kind of, and then plugged it in. And then, so that is what also allows you to, as you're pairing something or you're like looking at something, like something's missing, you know, and you're like, Hey, you know what? Instead of just doing the straight potato puree, let's do that with the parsnips. That'll give it a little bit more of that sweeter earthiness. Right. Um, or just stuff like that. Right. But you need to have some of that taste memory to be able to make that decision and that call. And it's not magic. You know, that's why people think chefs, everything we do is magic. It's like, how'd you do that? And it's like, well, I've tasted everything. Well, maybe not everything, right? There's a lot out there. I haven't, but there's a lot out there that I looked at and I said, no, I'm not going to try that. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of food out there. I'm like, one time I'm going to give you one shot. <laughs> um, but I have to, right. And, but I also learned there's a lot of things I just didn't like because of texture. So, and, but I also learned like, okay, there's people don't like things because of, is it taste? Is it texture? And 99% of the time, it's a texture thing that people don't like. So it's like, okay, how can you create flavors, but in different textures that be, that allow people to get past the stigma of whatever this happened to be. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Pressure Cooker. I'm your host, Chad Kelly with Josh Morris. Don't forget to rate and review us. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and a quick note. Uh, if you're on all the other platforms, uh, I don't really remember. There's quite a few out there. Um, that if you've got the option, please leave us a five-star review or just follow us. All right. All of that helps.